0: that would be aligning themselves against Israel. Uh, You'll notice that we've got a different banner up right now. Uh, This morning was supposed to be the start of a new series. And I want to say to you, I'm really excited about this series. I can hardly wait to get going on it. Your life will be changed, I think, because of this this series coming up. But in light of what's happened over this past week, there's no way that I could... Let this Sunday go by without coming back to the subject, Uh, especially uh, since uh, during the the Ezekiel run, the Ezekiel uh, series run, we didn't really see that many big, significant things happening in Israel. It was just towards the end of the series that it started to really explode, and so um, I I had to do this one more week. So I hope you don't mind uh, mind me doing this. Thank you for indulging me, Um, but I do I do have to return to this just so that we can see the significance of what's going on right now uh, in the world. Last Sunday, even while I was preaching, uh, the, the, Israel was gathering troops together in order to do battle with, uh, with Gaza, with, the, with Hamas, and with some of the surrounding nations that, uh, that have hated Israel for many years. So here's, here's what I want to just say to you. Um, Last Sunday at 11 a.m. Jewish local time, uh, more than 50 rockets and mortars have been fired at Israel, and Shrapnel has injured at least four Israelis. Um, Israel Defense Force Chief of Staff, Lieutenant General Benny Gantz, announced the start, listen to this, the start of Operation Pillar of Defense. Anybody know what that would be referring to? You remember when the children of Israel wandered through the Sinai desert? Remember that? And how did they know that God was with them? With the pillar of cloud. remember that? And so they're calling this the uh, Operation Pillar of Defense. And uh, that started on Wednesday afternoon. This is this past Wednesday afternoon. Uh, The operation began uh, after the killing of Ahmad Syed Khalil Jabari. Now, some of you may or may not know who that is, but I'm going to tell you it's a high-ranking official, high-ranking commander in the Hamas military uh, wing uh, in Gaza. And so, uh, obviously, obviously... The Israeli Defense Forces, they were obviously watching this guy. They knew where he was. They must have had his car marked because they actually showed on TV. I don't know if anyone saw this. They actually showed his car being bombed. So they knew where he was, and they knew how to target him. But uh, they put an end to this constant barrage of rockets. And what a lot of people don't know, and, and, and here's where the, um, the media is so slanted against Israel. What a lot of people don't know is that, is that Israel has had a almost non-stop bombardment of rockets in the south of Israel. And this has gone on for months and months and months. How many knew that? Did you know that? It's been going on non-stop. And so now Israel's saying, okay, enough is enough. After people are dying uh, in Israel and they're saying, okay, you know, we're not the ones starting this. You are, uh, they they said we, we can't we can't do anything uh, more but or anything less than, than defend ourselves. In fact, what nation wouldn't defend itself if it was coming under attacks like that? So here's the thing. This past week, uh, seventy five thousand Israeli reserve uh, soldiers were being mobilized, and um, Israel officials officials are telling the people of Israel to prepare now for seven weeks of war. Okay, it's very, very significant considering that we had just gone through this uh, series on Ezekiel, Ezekiel 38 to 39. So, this morning, what I want to do is I want to take a look at some of the nations that were mentioned in that video clip. You'll, you remember, Turkey was mentioned, and Persia was mentioned, and Sudan was mentioned, and uh, Syria was mentioned, and. Um, Uh, I want to just read to you some of the statements made by these nations just this past week. So it's very, it's it's hot off the press, it's very significant, and very much in line with what we've just talked about in Ezekiel 38 and 39. And so before I go further, Jesse was telling me that some of his friends that he actually worked with in In Israel, they were commanded to go to a a, a bomb shelter because uh, their lives were at risk, in danger. And you're going to see in in just a few moments uh, the various things that have gone on there. But let me just say this. First of all, Russia, in reference to the bombing that Israel now has returned, remember, they're defending themselves... Here's what Russia has said. Russia has strongly condemned the latest wave of Israel's aerial attacks on Gaza Strip, which has killed over a dozen Palestinians in the besieged territory. Listen to this. Russian Foreign Ministry spokesman Alexander Lukashevich told reporters in Moscow, quote, further escalation of violence would be impermissible. Did you hear that? This, and who is Russia? Magog. They're saying this is not going to be allowed. They made that statement. Furthermore, he says, the disproportionate strikes in Gaza Strip are totally unacceptable, especially when uh, there are civilian casualties, he added. Okay, now this is the thing that the media is going to tell you. The media is going to tell you that that whereas the uh, Palestinians are not targeting uh, necessarily targeting the civilians, or they may not even say that at all. They'll say Russia is especially, or uh, Israel is especially targeting the civilians in Israel or in in Gaza. So did you get that? Let me just say that again because I'm 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 a little excited here. I'm excited again. Okay, whereas they're saying. Israel is targeting the civilians. They're saying that Gaza is not targeting the civilians. Whereas Israel is targeting the babies and the children and the people of Gaza. They're saying that the Palestinians are not targeting the Israelis. Well, it's it's absolute nonsense. And I'm going to tell you why it looks that way in just a moment. Uh, Secondly, here's Turkey. Now, what's Turkey? What, what is any of this, any of Turkey's business? But here's what Turkey says The Turkish Prime Minister Recep Tayyip Erdogan said yesterday that Israel would be held to account for the children among 42 dead in three days of airstrikes in Gaza. It, Turkey's saying this that Israel's going to be held to an account. Um, again, what's a turkey's business? Well, folks, listen, we just saw the, the video clip here, an excellent video clip. And by the way, you can go to Google and you can find that yourself. And incidentally, I don't know how many are familiar with researching in Google, but you, there's a little tab there called News. So click on News and then punch in the words uh, Israel and Syria, Israel and Russia, Israel and Turkey, And you'll be amazed at what you see. You'll see the very things that I'm talking about this morning. You will see it all there. And it's just coming alive. It's unfolding even as we speak. So let's move along here. uh, Sudan. Here's what here's what Sudan is saying. Last month, Sudanese officials blamed an Israeli airstrike for a blast at the country's biggest weapons factory in the capital, Khartoum, that killed four people. How many remember that? Just uh, just about a month ago. And so here's here's what a lot of people don't know. A lot of people don't know that in fact, Iran is using Sudan as a place to develop their nuclear weapons, as a place to develop weapons, uh, as a as a as a channel through which weapons could come into Gaza. So here's what Israeli officials have accused Sudan of. They accused Sudan of channeling weapons to Hamas in the Gaza Strip where it launched a massive air campaign on Wednesday with a declared goal of deterring the Palestinian Islamist group from launching rockets that have plagued its southern communities for years. Sudan's Islamic movement said it was committed to returning Palestinian rights. And so now we've heard from Russia, we've heard from Turkey, we've heard from Sudan, all of which you saw as a nation surrounding Israel. All these nations are now allied against Israel and Sudan is now they are they are angry at Israel obviously and they're saying you're going to pay. Now there's Iran. Now I got to say, Iran declared war on Israel back in 1979. How many remember the revolution in Iran back then? Anybody remember that when the um, Shah of Iran was kicked out and uh, and and the. American embassy was stormed, and and it was a it was, it was a, a true Islamic revolution that took place. And at that time, the mullahs, the um, Ayatollah, they 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 declared war on Israel, and they've been in a state of war with Israel ever since. So, what a lot of people don't know is that these mullahs, these imams, uh, these Ayatollahs, they they have uh, what we call. Um, Uh, an an apocalyptic sort of end time uh, theology. They believe that, and this is what a lot of people don't know, they also believe that a Messiah is coming. How many knew that the, that the Muslims believe that there was a Messiah coming? They believe that as well. So it's very interesting because the Jewish faith, they believe in a coming Messiah. Christians believe in the return of our Messiah, but Islam also is looking towards some kind of Messiah coming. They just are not sure who or what that is. But what they do believe is they believe that they are supposed to be instrumental in helping that come to pass. Now, how many knew that? And so we're seeing right now, we're seeing in Iran this, 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 this massive agitation. I'm going to tell you, not everybody in Iran is happy with this. In fact, I would say probably the majority of people are not happy with the direction that the leadership of Iran, that they're they're taking. They don't want to go into war, and they certainly don't want to see any sort of apocalyptic end-time scenario. They, They would rather continue in relative peace, or maybe a more accurate word is security. Now, one of the things you'll remember I said from the series, uh, Ezekiel 37 to 39, was that uh, Israel is not in a state of peace, but it is in a secure state. How many know what I'm talking about? It's not at peace, but it is secure. Has anybody heard of the Iron Dome? That it's the, it's an incredible Israeli defense system that when the, when, when, when Hamas fires the rockets off, their their uh, their system, their defense system, is able to actually intercept it, and 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 actually it, it ricochets off of this so-called iron dome. Well, it's not a literal iron dome. Everybody understands that, but um, it's a it's a fantastic defense system. Now, let's let's move on here. Um, So here's what Iran is upset about. Uh, Iran is upset that Israel has been involved in the uh, interference in their nuclear program. Does everybody know that? This is what is making them so angry. They feel that they have the right to develop their own nuclear weapons. And I'm going to tell you, Iran's purpose is to destroy Israel. Does everybody understand that? and anybody who believes for one moment that iran has got a peaceful purposes behind their nuclear development is is really has not been paying attention to what's been going on in the news in the last 15 20 years iran is iran hates israel and they have declared it now listen everybody needs to know this not just iran but all these nations that i mentioned except for perhaps russia they've all declared that they would like to see Israel wiped off the map. They want to see Israel destroyed. Or in the words of Yasser Arafat, they would like to see Israel driven into the sea. That's their agenda. Okay, so let's move along here. So we've we've heard from Russia, we've heard from Turkey, we've heard from Sudan and and now let's hear from Syria. Again, what is what is any of this Syria's business? How many know that right now in Syria there's a civil war going on? And how many know that when you're, when the whole world is breathing down your neck because uh, of the way that you're functioning as a government, that that the best thing to do is to divert attention, right? So what does Syria do in the midst of their civil war while all the nations are are are? or against the Syrian government, they fire rockets at Israel. And now they're changing the game, they're changing the focus, they're getting their they're getting the eyes of the world off of themselves and onto Israel. So please understand this everybody. This is this is not even ideological. Because a lot of people think that, you know, the, that you know this is Islam and, and right versus Israel which is wrong. It's not. We saw this with, with Saddam Hussein, who uh, would go into, into the Islamic, um, the, into the mosques, and he would go through his prayers and act very pious and very religious, and everybody would look at him as, as being truly uh, a, a true Muslim. But in fact, I mean, he, he declared it in so many ways that he was, he was truly, truly anti-God. He was truly atheistic, and he cared not one whit for the Islamic religion. But he did it, why? To manipulate and to give the message that he was, uh, was pro-Mohammed and anti-Israel. And it was all part of advancing their political agenda does everybody understand that this morning and so this is exactly what's happening in Syria today so here's here's the amazing thing people and this is really really important is that and that's this is that the the, the bombs that have been exchanged between Syria and Israel this has not happened since 1973 since the Yom Kippur War this is very significant not since 1973 Meanwhile, the IDF, the Israeli Defense Force, fired into Syria on Monday for the second time in as many days after a Syrian mortar shell landed in the Golan Heights. Syria desperately wants the world to get their eyes off of them and onto Israel and the battle between Israel and Gaza. Now, here's, here's what I want to say about Gaza now. In case, can we show that, that, that map? Do you have that there? Um, let's take a look at this map for a moment. Because for a lot of people, they don't know what Gaza is or what the Gaza Strip is. This is a part of Israel here. And this little strip right here, this little white strip, this is Gaza. This is where the Palestinians live. And you're going to hear the um, the media talk about how Israel has got an apartheid system. That's not what it is at all. In fact, what a lot of people don't know is that there is an actual, a, a massive Arab or Palestinian Population in Israel. How many knew that? It's a very large population living very happily in Israel. And guess what? They are are the brothers of the people that live in Gaza, but the people that live in Israel are saying, please do not give in to the demands of the world or to the people of Gaza because we don't want what's going on in Gaza. A lot of people don't know that. And the world is silent on that. But there is a massive population in Israel, and the the Arab or the Palestinian population that lives in Israel, they're happy, they're prosperous, they do well. And guess what? This is exactly what Israel wanted for the people who live in Gaza. But because of... How many remember the suicide bombings that were going on for for a number of years? So what was happening is is that people were coming in from the Gaza Strip where there's a strong Hamas presence... With strong Hamas leadership, they were sending in these suicide bombers. And Israel said, okay, we can't can't have this anymore. So what can you do? They put up a fence. And the world shouts and yells and screams and protests. It's wrong. It's apartheid. And on and on and on. But what would you do if your your neighbor's dog was coming and and biting your kids? You put up a fence. Or you shoot it. (laughs) But let's say we, we can't shoot or use guns. We, we put up a fence to protect ourselves, and that's what's happened. So here's, here's what a lot of people don't know, is that, is that they have no interest. The people in Gaza, I'm not saying all of them, but I'm saying leadership, and particularly Hamas, they have no, leader, no, no intentions of entering into any kind of a peace treaty with Israel because, frankly, they feel that they own Israel. Israel belongs to them. Does everybody understand that? So what we have here is the um, in this map is the operation pillar defense, and these these yellow uh, spots here are all the places that that Gaza has been targeting, and and we've got three casualties, we've got six wounded, we've got six soldiers wounded, and there's been a number of others who have died since this map was was created. But you see uh, you see what what they're doing. And then you see what Israel is doing. They've, they're targeting basically the three sites from which these bombs and these rockets are coming. Um, and here's, uh, here's, here's what, uh, what the Hamas leader said after their Ham- Ahmad Syed Khalil Jab- Jabari, the senior commander of the Hamas military wing, after he was assassinated. They say this. They said, Israel has opened the gates of hell and warns of massive retaliation. And they said, quote, We are sending a short and simple message. There is no security for any Zionist. Anybody know what a Zionist is? An Israeli? Um, On any single inch of Palestine. And we plan for more surprises. Now, just so that everybody's clear, Israel is sometimes called Palestine. It's called Palestine by the Palestinians. It's called Israel by the Israelis. Everybody get that? We're talking about the same territory, the same chunk of land. Now, I need to tell you what Zionism is and what what the Zionist is. Back in the uh, uh, mid-1800s, there was a group that, that That arose that said, you know what, we need to have our own homeland, we need to regroup, we need to come together, we need to defend ourselves, and they were actually called Zionists. And they started returning to Israel, and as you know, in 1948, the United Nations recognized them as a nation, and they were called, uh, they were called actually Zionists by the Palestinians because of their desire to reestablish the nation of Zion, Zion being another name for Israel. Zion is not a bad name. It's it's just it's another name. Okay, but they use that name Zionist as a derogatory term actually. It's 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 not really. It just describes people who are committed to establishing the nation of Israel. Now again, remember, this is a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. Let's move along here. So what does Israel have to say in answer to Russia, Turkey, Syria, Iran, um, and and, and, uh, and Gaza? What, what do they have to say? Well, here's what President Netanyahu says. Um, he says they, they've smuggled... This just came out on Thursday, by the way, just a few days ago. He says they've smuggled thousands of rockets and missiles into Gaza, and they deliberately place. These rockets and missiles listen to this in civilian areas they place these rocket launchers in homes in schools and near hospitals now how do you how do you how do you attack those sites and so Israel makes a decision they can say, "Well, look at either we we defend ourselves, which means we have to attack those missile sites which are in homes and schools and hospitals, or we just let." you know, let them rain rockets down upon us. See, this is what a lot of people don't know, and the media doesn't tell you that. So what they're doing is they're actually using people and uh, they're using children, they're using sick people as a a human shield. It's absolutely sickening. This year alone, they fired over 1,000 rockets and missiles at Israel. A lot of people don't hear that including close to 200 rockets in the last 24 days. Could you imagine living in a city where you're being bombarded by uh, by 200 rockets in a period of 24 days? We have, None of us have ever lived in those circuits. Well, maybe a few of us have experienced that, but I'd say probably 99.9% of the people here have never experienced that. And so here is a land that is under attack, and the, and the world, and the media especially, they're trying to say, look at uh, Israel should not attack, and that they are, uh, they are in, involved in some sort of a genocide, which is simply not true. So Netanyahu goes on to say this. I'm stressing this because it's important to understand one simple point. There is no moral symmetry. There is no moral equivalence between Israel and the terrorist organizations in Gaza. The terrorists are committing a double war crime... They fire at Israeli civilians, and they hide behind Palestinian civilians. Do you get that? So it's a double war crime. They're not only attacking the Israeli civilians, but they're putting their own civilians at risk. And so when Israel fires back, and some civilians are, are killed or die, then, of course, Israel is blamed for that. But does everybody understand now? The, the, the wretchedness of this terrorist organization. Now, can I just say this? Because I know some people are going to go here away from here and say, Pastor Allen only loves Jewish people and he hates Arabs. That's absolutely not correct. It's not true. In fact, Gloria and I, when we were in the mission field, we had some, uh, some Palestinian friends very close to us and, and good, godly Christian people. In fact, there's a number of Christians amongst the Palestinians that a lot of people don't know about. But here's what you need to know is that we're looking at, at, a, at a battle that's going on. A battle that has been prophesied in Ezekiel 30, 37 to 39. A battle that will rage, whereby God will glorify himself in the world. You need to understand that. So Netanyahu goes on to say... Uh, I saw a picture today of a bleeding Israeli baby. This picture says it all. Hamas deliberately targets our children, and they deliberately place their rockets next to their children. Despite this reality, and it's a very difficult reality, Israel will continue to do everything in its power to avoid civilian casualties. Now, here's the thing. Israel has now has now got their 75,000 uh, reservists, ready to do battle, to fight against any, any enemy that presents itself against Israel. And guess what they're saying now? Hamas and the nations surrounding are saying, Truce, truce, we don't want to fight now. Now that the, the 75,000 75, troops are ready to go, they're saying, stop, stop, we don't want to do this. But guess what? Israel said, it's not interested in a truce. They've got no interest in that right now, and here's why. Because there's many more terror targets that still need to be hit and destroyed. And so that's what's going to happen in days ahead. Now, I want to share a scripture verse with you this morning, because some are wondering, is this just going to be a news report, or is there going to be a message in all this? Absolutely. Because what you need to understand this morning is that the nations that I just mentioned who this past week have condemned Israel and have actually threatened Israel not just condemning but threatened Israel with words like you will pay you will give an account this this is impermissible these nations are all the nations that are mentioned in the prophecy of Gog and Magog this is an, this is absolutely signs unfolding in our times does this mean that the war of Gog and Magog may begin And the answer to that is, I don't know. I don't know. But I will tell you this, that the the signs are right for a battle to begin. Okay, so here's what we need to know this morning. And Jesus tells us this in Matthew 24, 40 to 42. And uh, let's, let's just follow along with me. And it says, two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the mill. One will be taken, and the other will be left. So you too must keep watch, for you don't know what day your Lord is coming. And so this morning, here's what I do know. I don't know if this is going to be it. I'm not sure if this is the end of the world. I can't say that definitively, and I'll explain that, in just, uh, with that what I'm, why that is in just a moment. But here's what I can tell you 100% for sure. You need to be ready. Young people, you need to be ready to meet the Lord. You need to make sure that your heart is right with God. You need to make sure that your priorities are straight. You need to make sure that your spiritual life is where it needs to be. Because Jesus warns us that we do not know what day the Lord is coming. We simply don't know it. We don't know the day. We don't know the hour. But here's what we do know. We do know the signs that will unfold around us that will herald his return. And Jesus says this, it, you're going to be, be working with somebody, one will be a believer, one will not be, and then suddenly the believer is gone. And I want to ask you the question this morning. Are you ready? Are you ready for the Lord's return? Is your life where it needs to be? So here's, what, here's, here's a few things that you and I need to know as we examine and we look at prophecy. First of all, we don't have the luxury of hind vision when it comes to prophecy. We can't. We, you know, with, with, with hind vision, it's 2020. You see things perfectly. We don't have that. Here's what we do know, though is that most of the time, when it comes to prophecy, we can only understand these events and these signs as they unfold. And so I could say this to you. It looks like the alliance is beginning to unfold. That alliance between Turkey and and Syria and Russia and Iran, it looks like it's unfolding. And we have the Scripture that tells us what it's going to look like. But but again we don't have that luxury of hind vision so' as so often the case, God limits the amount of information that we have for his own reasons and I can tell you this the, the, the main reason will, will be so that you and I just simply make sure we're ready here's here's the interesting thing many years ago in the old Calvary Temple, which is now demolished all that's left standing now is the is the tower um, that old building. I remember Pastor Barber preaching sermons on the end times. Anybody ever any ever there? I know Marilyn would have been there to hear those. I don't know if anybody else was ever there to hear those messages on the end times. But Pastor Barber uh, preached these messages and, and would tell us of the signs that were to come. Now, I remember just wanting to make sure that my heart was right with God. I'd get to the prayer room and pray and make sure that I was right with God. And I remember having a conversation with my brother afterwards. And he said this to me. He said, Alan, don't worry. He says this. He says, because, because Jesus won't come until those, these signs begin to unfold. So he said, in the meantime, let's just live any way we want. <laughs> and, when, and when we see the signs start to unfold, he says, that's when we should quickly get on our knees and ask Jesus into our heart. <laughs> can, can I tell you something right now? I'm going to tell you the second thing you need to know about prophecy. And it's the doctrine of imminence. Imminence meaning it could happen at any time. Jesus could return at any time, and that's what he says in this verse. You don't know what day your Lord is going to come. You don't know what signs are going to unfold before you. What we do need to know, however, is that we need to be ready. So here's the the thing that, um, that you need to know about the unfolding of these signs. And they're unfolding around us all the time, folks. What you need to know about the unfolding of these signs is that they are meant to cause us To look for Jesus. This is what Jesus said. Remember they asked Jesus, what will be the sign of your return? And Jesus gives all these signs. Why does he bother giving these signs? I'll tell you why. Because of his mercy, because of his grace, because it's not his will that any should perish. He gives us these signs to make sure that we are prepared for his return. He wants us to look up. As Jesus says, look up for your redemption draws nigh. And who is our redeemer Jesus. So here's here's some of the things that I need to ask you today. First of all, I need to ask you, are you are you ready? Because here's some of the signs that we're seeing unfold before us right now. Are you ready? First of all, we have to ask the question: is this, is this the beginning of the war of Gog and Magog? I again I'm not going to say it is. I don't know. I'm going to say that it looks like everything is falling into place for this to happen. I mentioned the five countries. And I mentioned the fact that each of these countries has not just condemned Israel. Listen to this. They have threatened Israel. Go check out, go check out the news on Google, and you'll see you, they're actually threatening. They're saying you'll give an account. Okay, So that's the first thing. And so we, uh, we see this, this Magog alliance, this Russian alliance, all these enemies of Israel threatening Israel. And, and so you need to know that this has happened just this past week. So now you understand why I had to preach on this on this Sunday. I couldn't let the Sunday go by because since last Sunday these nations who are part of the alliance have all condemned Israel and threatened her. Okay? There's a big difference between condemning, condemning and threatening. Secondly, and this is really significant, for the first time, you ready? For the first time since 1967 is a uh, Jerusalem has been bombed. How many know that? Generally, the Muslims, the Islamic nations, Islamic enemies will not bomb Jerusalem. Does anybody know why? Because of the Dome of the Rock. They don't want to destroy their, that holy mosque where they believe Muhammad ascended into heaven. And it's a sacred place. And i am got to tell you, you, a lot of people don't know this. Everybody thinks, oh, you know, Israel would be so happy if if someone would just blow that place up. Israel is defending the dome of the mosque even more than the the Muslims are because Israel knows that if something happens to that mosque, they're going to come under attack because they'll be blamed. How many know that Israel will be blamed if something happens to the dome of the rock? So here's the thing. Not since 1967 has Jerusalem been bombed. Very significant. And it occurred to me that... Is this the way the way will be prepared for the building of the temple? Remember I mentioned the building of the temple last week uh, last week I think it was yes we talked about the the building of, of the new temple uh, Ezekiel chapter 40 verses 40 uh, chapter 40 to 48 the building of this new temple. Now listen to this. Is this the way the way will be cleared for the building of this temple? That's That the Muslims will actually send in rockets and bomb their own holy place. It's an absolute possibility, people. And it will not happen by Christian extremists or by by Jewish extremists. It will happen by by the Muslims themselves. This is this is now you gotta understand how significant this this is. This is huge. Because this now means the way is prepared for the building of the temple. People here this morning may say, well, what does that have to do with the building of the temple? The, well, how does the destruction of the Dome of the, Ros- uh, Dome, Dome of the Mosque, how does that have anything to do with the building of the temple? And I'll tell you why. It's because the Dome of the Rock, that, that Muslim holy place, is built where the temple was built. Does everybody understand that? And so if that dome of the, mosque, uh, the dome of the mosque is removed, then we've got room for the building of the temple. Um, let me say this about the Antichrist. We talked about that briefly last week as well, didn't we? Uh, this past week, I heard a, a whistleblower from Montreal talking about the crime that was going on in Montreal. And this is what he says. He says, the mob in, Mont- in Montreal... We're talking just in Montreal. He says the the mob in Montreal earns massive, massive amounts of of money. here's, Here's what he said He said, You take the income from Sony Corporation and Toyota Corporation, you take those together, you combine them, and then multiply it times four. And that's the kind of money that the mob is making in Montreal. Now, you can understand how, when the Antichrist comes along and institutes the mark of the beast, remember 666, the mark of the beast? You can understand how, when he institutes that mark of the beast, how this will bring to an end the corruption and the... The illegal activities and the buying and the selling of drugs on the streets, it all comes to an end, people. And the world is going to jump up and down for joy and say, wow, finally, finally, somebody has got an answer to the crime in this world today. But what they don't know is that that is prophesied in Scripture because the Bible says that nobody can buy or sell without the mark of the beast. Folks, listen to me. The world is looking for an antichrist. They're looking for somebody to step in right now and take charge. Did anybody this past week see the rioting in Spain? Anybody see that? Or the rioting in Greece over what? Money. Has anybody been hearing about this fiscal cliff in America? Anybody been hearing about that? Folks, what what a lot of people don't know is that the world is teetering on a knife edge. And they're looking for somebody to step in and to rescue So I'm saying to you right now, we are closer than ever to an antichrist. And guess what? We can understand it, and it makes sense. I'm going to share one last thing. As an interesting development that I had never thought of or heard of before, and I want to share it with you this morning because it's pretty exciting stuff. Joel Rosenberg he believes that ezekiel 38 to 39 is actually prophesying the end of are ready for this this is going to blow your mind the end of radical islam here's what he says he says i believe ezekiel 38 to 39 describes the end of radical islam and effectively the end of all islam you say that's impossible well listen to this He says, when the God of Israel destroys the forces of radical Islam supernaturally, the battle of Gog and Magog, while Muslims watch on Al Jazeera, how how will they wake up the next day and believe that the Quran is true and that Muhammad is truly the prophet? Joel Rosenberg says that the destruction of this Magog alliance will prove not just to the world, but especially... To the Muslims that their Quran, that their prophet is a lie. And he believes that will be the thing that will cause them to, to turn to Christ. And we do know that the that it, it says in Ezekiel, verse both in chapter thirty eight and thirty-nine, that the whole world will look on and know that God is God. Not all will obviously put their faith in Jesus Christ, but he believes that many will turn to faith in Jesus Christ. And so here's what, here's what I'm hearing as a pastor on the inside, sort of the inside, inside the loop, so to speak, hearing what's going on. We're hearing, this is amazing, we're hearing of record numbers of people coming to Jesus Christ among the Muslim nations. How many knew that? We we're seeing, we're seeing almost, almost like a revival. We've never seen anything like this before. In fact, what they're saying is that today there are more Christians. This, is, this, is, this blows my mind. There are more Christians today in Iran than at any time in history. And you know what's happening is that these people are receiving, and this, again, is absolutely staggering, they're receiving visions of Jesus Christ who comes to them, and tells them to turn to him. And it's happening in record numbers. We're seeing it over and over and over again. The reason why you're not hearing about it is because the, the Christian agencies that are, are documenting this, they do not want this to go public. They don't. I mean, they don't mind it in a set, setting like this, but they don't want it to go on the, on the, in the headlines, and they don't want it to go on the Internet. Because they don't want to put the lives of those who are becoming Christians in danger. So, folks, we're living in the in the last days. We're seeing the signs unfold. Is this it? I don't know. But I do know this. Let's look at that next verse. Jesus says this. Understand this. If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would keep watch and not permit the house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Would you stand with me, please? Let's pray. Um, Let your eyes are closed, your heads are bowed. I just want you to stop and consider for a moment where you are in terms of your walk with God. Some of you may have heard this this kind of stuff before, and you and you're thinking, "Man, I've heard all this before. I've been hearing it for years." And my prayer is that your heart would not be jaded, and that rather than rather than saying, "Oh, I've heard it before," that you would say, "I see, I understand more and more." And for those who are hearing this for the first time, God, we we know that. Your intention is, n- is never to, just to frighten us, but God, to show us the way, to show us your love, to show us, God, that you love us so much that you're even willing to show us what's happening around us and explain what's happening around us. Some of us here today have had friends ask us, what's going on in the world today? Can you explain this? God, I pray right now that with this information that everyone has heard today, they would be able to speak intelligently to their friends and family members who want to know what's going on. God, we do recognize the signs unfolding around us. We cannot deny that your your coming is close and near at hand because things that have been prophesied for 2,500 years are finally now beginning to unfold and beginning to happen. God, fill us right now, we pray, with a whole new focus on you, a whole new desire for you, a whole new longing for you, let this be a wake-up call for every one of us to make sure we're walking with You and that our hearts are right with You. Make this, let this be a wake-up call to us because we don't even know if we'll be here next Sunday. We, so we pray, God, on this, on this Sunday, on this last day of speaking about prophecy for now, we pray that our hearts would be open to hear Your voice and to respond to the promptings of Your Spirit. Some of us here have not been serving You, not been walking with You, The way we should. Some of us, our hearts have grown cold and hard. Some of us have drifted away. Some of us have become skeptical. And yet, God, the signs are so clear. And God, we pray right now for grace and wisdom to receive the truth and to be transformed by that truth. Now I pray, Lord, every one of us take time to examine our hearts and make sure we're right with you. And we thank you, God, that we can go from here, not as frightened people, but as people rejoicing that our Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is soon going to be back to take us home. We thank you, God. It could happen at any moment. And we pray these things in your name. And everyone said it with me. Tell the person beside you, I can hardly wait to see Jesus.